0: which is also our theme verse of Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. We've been talking about in this series how the New Testament church was born in the fire of Pentecost, how the baptism of fire and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is still falling today. How many of you know that to be true? And today I want to talk about another important part of this passage that's found in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. And it says this, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. excuse me, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Amen. Now, we've been talking a lot about the second part of that verse, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of fire, right? We've been talking about that for the last four weeks. I want to focus on the first part of that verse, where John said, I baptize with water. So I want to talk on this subject today, baptized with water. Amen. Everybody say, baptized with water. water. Now, last week I told you about a man in the Old Testament by the name of Jeremiah. He was a prophet. He was tasked with the job of bringing a, uh, a message of judgment to the children of Israel. For 40 years, he preached the gospel. The Bible says he did not even have one convert. He was discouraged. He was depressed. He wanted to quit. But the Bible said that he had a fire that was shut up in his bones, amen, that would not let him stop. Now, today I want to talk to you about another man This guy is in the New Testament, but he was also the last prophet of the Old Testament dispensation. His name was John the Baptist. Now, even though we find him in the New Testament, he is the last guy who preached about an Old Testament gospel before Jesus came and started the New Covenant. John was actually prophesied by the prophet Isaiah and was sent by God as a messenger or a forerunner of Jesus. Now, something else that was unique about John was not only did he preach about Jesus coming, but he also administered a baptism of water. And the Bible called it a baptism of repentance. John's baptism was a baptism that actually predated Christianity. But did you know, that baptism or water always played a significant role even in the Old Testament. Let me talk to you a little bit about that history. Baptism did not originate with John or with Christians. Water or submersion in water, though, always had significance in the Bible. For example, let's just take a couple of quick peeks into the Old Testament. Genesis chapter 7, you all know or maybe you've heard about the flood story where God destroyed everything. There was a display of God's judgment on mankind by covering the earth with water. Water or a submersion by water brought death in the Old Testament, but it also brought life for Noah and his family. The scripture says only eight people were saved by the waters of the flood. Now, Peter later on in the New Testament actually referenced the flood story in 1 Peter chapter 1, and he pointed out the similarities in the flood uh, story and baptism when he said this. Look at 1 Peter 3.21. And that water, Peter was talking about the, the flood waters of Noah, if you read the chapter, he says, that water is a picture of baptism which now saves you, not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Peter said, notice, this baptism saves you like the flood saved Noah and his family. And he said also, baptism is not to wash dirt off your body, but it is a pledge of a good conscience toward God. Amen. It's a response to God, and it matters because it's connected with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Old Testament prophets also used water as an outward symbol for an internal cleansing. They also had to be cleansed with water before performing their priestly duties. God, again, chose to spare His people by water in another story in the Old Testament, the parting of the Red Sea, which was referenced in 1 Corinthians 10. Let me show you this verse. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 and 2 says, I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. It said in the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. In other words, God used this story and Moses as a type of baptism that was to come. The Egyptians didn't survive the Red Sea because they didn't believe, right? They didn't worship God. But God's people survived the passage through the water because they were serving Him. Now, these passages highlight how important and how holy ceremonial cleansing was to God. And likely, John the Baptist use this, their, their common uh, understanding of this, their Jewish history uh, showed that, that uh, uh, cleansing ceremonies that resemble baptism clearly existed before John. So I believe that John used this existing practice and knowledge to bring help bring people to public repentance, and that's how we ended up with the baptism of John. Now the Lord Jesus himself, believe it or not, even though he was without sin, he demonstrated how significant baptism was By getting baptized himself, amen. I'll read you that verse in a little bit later. But he was baptized by John the Baptist at the start of his ministry, not because he had sin in his life, not because he had any fault, but he did it to be an example to the rest of us. Now, the significance of baptism in the New Testament, and by the way, we in Christianity, we all uh, are familiar with the concept of baptism, but I really hope to help us understand why this is such an important part of our relationship with the Lord. As believers in Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us we are baptized into His death, and we are raised with newness of life. Look at Romans chapter 6, verse 3. And by the way, I've got a lot of scriptures for you today. Matter of fact, today is probably going to be a little bit more like teaching than preaching. Somebody once said, teaching is telling and preaching is yelling. Amen. So, I don't know how true that is. It's probably a little more truth than we all care to admit. But I'm going to give you a lot of Scripture today. So put your thinking caps on. And those of you who love the Bible, you're going to love this message today. Amen. But by the way, here's a novel thought. Let's get our doctrines from the Bible. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Why don't we get what we believe from the Bible anyway, right? So we're going to talk about baptism from the Bible. Look what Romans 6 and 3 says. Did you forget that all of us became part of Christ when we were baptized? We shared his death in our baptism. Amen. Verse 4, when we were baptized, we were buried with Christ and shared his death. So just as Christ was raised from the dead by the wonderful power of the Father, we also can live a new life. Don't you love those verses that says, when we were baptized, we are buried with Christ. See, we we can't forget the substance of baptism. Jesus' blood is what removes our sinfulness. Amen. Water might clean the outside, But it's the blood of Jesus that cleanses our hearts from sin. Can the church say amen to that? And baptism is an outward proclamation of an inward change. Baptism is the public expression of a person's faith in Jesus Christ. Salvation is in Jesus and it's by grace alone. But hear me. Jesus did command all Christians to be baptized when they believed. So the question that I want to ask today, and I hope to answer today, is have you been baptized with water? And if so, do you know why you did it? Do you know how you did it? Do you even remember when you did it? If you have not been baptized, or maybe you're not sure why you were baptized, I hope this sermon will explain to you the need to be baptized with water. And then hear me, let me just tell you right up front. As we finish service today, you're going to have a chance to be baptized today. Everybody say today. At the end of this service. You might have not even come to church today with baptism on your mind. But I want to challenge you today. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you about being baptized, you can be baptized in Jesus' name today. Amen. And I'm going to talk to you about why it's so significant. So you just be praying about it. And don't tell Jesus no if he says... Or if he asks, amen? Let's talk about it. The Bible talks about baptism in the same strong terms that it commands repentance. They're inseparable. I want to answer these questions today. Who should be baptized? Why should I be baptized? When should I be baptized? What happens when I'm baptized? How should I be baptized? All right, and let's get all those answers from the Bible. First of all, who should be baptized? Hey, there you go. Man, you guys are amazing. Everybody, every person who has believed the gospel of Jesus Christ and repented of their sins. Here's what the Bible says, Mark 16, 16. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Look what Peter said in Acts 2, 38. Peter replied, each of you, everybody say each. Each. All means all, amen. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, how did they respond to that message by the Apostle Peter? Look at verse 41 of Acts 2. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. About 3,000 in all. Amen. And guess what? We got towels. We got robes. We've got shorts. We've got t-shirts. We got changing rooms. We got Panera bread back there. We got coffee. We got orange juice. Amen. You know what they had? They had a muddy river and that that didn't stop. Amen. 3,000 of them got baptized that day. Acts chapter 18 and verse 8, Christmas, the synagogue leader and his entire household believed in the Lord. Now notice, him and his whole house believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. So notice, all of these instances, believers are being baptized. Hear me, every New Testament church was formed by those who were baptized into the faith after believing and repenting. Just quickly, I'm going to give you a roll call of churches in the New Testament and how they were formed and how baptism was connected. I'm not going to read the Scriptures, but here it is. Church of Jerusalem Acts chapter 2 3000 added by baptism after receiving the word. The church of Samaria Acts chapter 8 they believed and were baptized men and women. You can go back and look up all these verses by the way. Church of Caesarea Acts chapter 10 verse 48 Peter commanded them to be baptized. Church of Philippi Acts chapter 16 Lydia and the Philippian jailer were baptized. The church of Corinth Acts chapter 18 Paul preached they believed and they were baptized. The church of Ephesus, Acts chapter 19, Paul rebaptizes those who had been baptized by John the Baptist. Church of Galatia, Galatians chapter 3, believed Paul and baptized into Christ. Church of Colossia, they were buried with Christ in baptism. Anybody see a pattern here? Church in Rome, Romans chapter 6, they died to sin and then they were buried in waters of baptism. So every believer needs to be baptized. Yeah, I'll tell you who else needs to be baptized. Those of us who are old enough to understand the meaning of repentance. So let me just be real clear. That's why we wait and we encourage you to wait until your children are old enough to understand the meaning of baptism before we baptize them. Now, some churches, and, I, and you know me, I don't, I don't pick on any denominations, Right? So I'm not even calling out any denominations by name. But some churches practice the baptism of infants. But that was a, 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 something that did not start until 300 years after the Bible was completed. You don't find it in the Scripture. It was done, and it's different than the baptisms in the Scripture. It was done primarily to introduce the baptizing of infants so that infants could be baptized and they would sprinkle them because it was a whole lot easier to sprinkle an infant than it is to submerge an infant in water. Anybody that's ever given a bath to a toddler can say amen to that. (laughs) Amen? And also, we want children to understand why they're baptized. You would be surprised how many people come to me as adults and say, I was baptized as a kid, but I didn't understand it. I I don't even remember when it happened. Can you re-baptize me? And you might be in this audience today, and my answer is yes. We will gladly rebaptize you if you desire to be rebaptized. Now, why should I be baptized? Let's talk about that. First of all, we want to follow the example that was set by Jesus. Look at Matthew 3:13. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it, verse 14. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. So why are you coming to me? John was like, wait a minute, Jesus. You are flawless. You are sinless. Why are you coming to me to be baptized? You ought to be baptized to me. But look what Jesus' answer was. Jesus said, verse 15, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Jesus said, John, I know I don't have sin in my life. I know that I'm not necessarily doing it for the same reasons everybody else did it. But I'm doing it as an example to everyone else so that we can do everything that God requires. Now, can I just say this real nice? If Jesus felt the need to get baptized, why do any of us as believers feel like we don't need to be baptized? Amen. Jesus said, I'm doing it because we got to carry out all that God requires. You want to know why I'm taking a Sunday and talking about water baptism? Because I just want to carry out all that God requires. All that God requires. Amen. Another reason why I should be baptized, because the Lord and the apostles commanded it. Now, we don't like for anybody to command us to do anything, right? How many strong willed people do we have in the house today? How many remember when you were a kid when your mom and dad would give you a command or a directive? Man, you're like the little boy that, you know, he's just, he might be sitting down on the outside, but he's standing up on the inside. Amen. But I want you to hear what Jesus said in Mark 16. He said to them, Go in all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Look at Peter in Acts chapter 10. Then Peter verse 47 said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. There was a group of people that had just received the Holy Spirit. So Peter turns to the other ones and goes, look, guys, we can't stop them from being baptized. They've already received the Holy Spirit. And look what Peter did in verse 48. So he ordered them, ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It wasn't just a nice suggestion. It wasn't just, hey, you might want to consider this. The Bible says he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. That's always a good sign when you order somebody to do something, and they ask you to hang around afterwards. So Peter must have been in their good graces. But he ordered them to be baptized. Now, when should I be baptized? This is pretty easy. As soon as you've believed and repented. Amen. Acts 2.41, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. Amen. They didn't have to wait around. They didn't have to wait for Baptism Sunday. They didn't have to wait till all of their relatives could come from all over the town. be That day. Acts 16, it says, even at that hour of the night, this was late at night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were, everybody say immediately. They were immediately baptized. Amen. And it said it was late. It was in the late hour of the night, but they got baptized immediately. Acts 22 and 16, this was when Paul got baptized. Look what it says. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. And some of you might right now be going, man, they, they really are pushy about this baptism thing. Well, I, We don't mean to be pushy. We just want to encourage you because here's what I know. You might feel convicted right now and go home today and the devil is going to talk you right out of it. Well, I'll do it next week, I'll do it next month, I'll do it whenever, I, I'll do it. You no, know, no, no. Man, if God is convicting you, if God is talking to you, you can do it today. You can do it today, amen? Here's another time to notice, when, when should I get baptized? Before you get your life straightened out. My old pastor used to say it this way, and I love it. He said, you don't get good to get God, you get God to get good. Now, you might not like the grammar, but that's great theology, amen? You don't get good to get God. If you're waiting around to get all your stuff together before you get baptized or before you're going to start living for the Lord or before you're going to, come on, I'm just going to tell you right now, you ain't ever going to do it. Because you're never going to get everything together in your life. Well, I'm going to serve Jesus once I get all my stuff taken care of. Man, don't wait for that day to happen. Because I've been serving Jesus for almost 40 years. And guess what? I still don't have all my stuff together. Can somebody say amen? I mean, I still don't have it all together. And guess what? do. I whispered it because I don't want to offend you. I'm going to whisper like Creepy Joe did it this week. Neither do you. (laughs) Don't wait until you have it all together. Amen? Because if you wait around to get everything right, it's never going to happen. Let's talk about what happens at baptism. The Bible tells us it's more than just a demonstration of my faith. Look what Peter said in Acts 2.38. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For everybody say for the forgiveness of your sins. Amen. Jesus told him in Luke 24, 47, before this happened, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name, beginning at Jerusalem. That's why they did what they did in Acts 238. Peter said, Repent. Be baptized for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, Acts twenty two sixteen 16, it says, and now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized. But don't miss this part also. Not only is he saying, do it right now. He's saying, arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. 1 Peter 3.21, Peter said that this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. And he said, look, it's not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. Here it is again, notice, strong words. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hear me, this water does not save you. What saves you is the resurrection of Jesus. Amen? What saves you is what Jesus did by dying and being buried and by resurrecting from the grave. But baptism is a type of that. And by the way, if you don't believe that, look what Romans 6 and 3 says. Did you you forget that all of us become part of Christ when we were baptized? we shared his death this is bible in our baptism amen we shared his death in our baptism colossians 2 and 12 says when you were baptized you were buried with christ by the way did you know that that's really a picture of the gospel what is the gospel death burial resurrection of christ right are you ready watch this acts 238 Peter said, repent. That's dying out to sin. Amen. Peter said, be baptized. That's the burial. Amen. Buried in water. Amen. Peter said, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the resurrection of God's spirit in your life. Death, burial, resurrection. Water baptism is symbolic of the burial of Jesus. And that's what the scripture tells us. How should I be baptized? By being immersed. Everybody say immersion. Amen. Being dunked. By the way, that's what the word baptized means. Baptizo, the Greek word, literally means to immerse or submerge underwater. And I already mentioned they introduced sprinkling later on, 300 years later, as a matter of convenience. But hear me, every baptism in the Bible in the New Testament church was done by immersion or dipping in water. By the way, have you ever gone to a funeral where they just sprinkled dirt on a body? So you don't bury somebody by sprinkling dirt on them. What do you do? You bury them by putting them under the ground. That's what a burial is, and that's what the word baptism means. Jesus was baptized by immersion. Matthew 3.16. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Every baptism in the Bible was by immersion. Let me just give you one example. Acts eight thirty eight. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch, what? They went down into the water, and he baptized him. Did you know immersion, again, it's the best portrayal of a burial and resurrection, Romans 6 and 4. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. By the way, people object to saying baptism is not a burial. That's what Romans says. We died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. Amen. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Amen. And when I'm baptized, I take on the name of Jesus on my life and publicly declare that I am a Christian. Amen. Look at Galatians 3, 27. You were all baptized, what? Into Christ. Everybody say Christ. And so you were all clothed with Christ. This means that you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Amen. Can I just tell you, there is no multiplicity of pathways to God. There is no bunch of different names that are going to get you to heaven. Buddha ain't going to get you there. Muhammad's not going to get you there. Come on, somebody. It is by the name of Jesus that we are saved. Can all the Jesus people say amen? Amen. And as Andre used to say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. See, the name of Jesus is the only saving name, and hear me, that is why every baptism in the New Testament after John's baptism was done in the name of Jesus Christ. In fulfillment of Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19. Matthew 28, 19, put it on the screen for me. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, verse 19, please. 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, can I just jump right in here and tell you, Jesus is the personification of that name. Let me just give you a practical example, the best one I know. I am a father, I am a son, I am a husband, but I've got a name. By the way, you might not know this, my name is Clarence McCoy Thompson, Jr. (laughs) Thank you very much. Amen. Now you know why I go by Buddy, amen, (laughs) or Pastor Buddy, amen, Clarence McCoy Thompson, Jr., amen. I'm real happy to tell you my grandson has got my middle name, Mason McCoy, amen, amen. Amen. But hear me, if I'm going to write you a check, I can't sign it, Father, I can't sign it, Son. I can't sign it husband, I can't sign it realtor, I can't sign it pastor, I can't sign it mason's Paw. Right? I can't even sign it pastor buddy. I can't even sign it buddy Thompson because that's not my legal name. If I'm signing a check, I've got to sign Clarence Thompson. Or when I'm feeling a little Uh, Just uh, energize CM Thompson. Amen. (laughs) But I always just sign Clarence Thompson. You want to know why? That name represents who I am. In that name, my role is father, my role is son, my role is husband, my role is pastor, my role is papa, my role is dad, my role. You just name it. All of those things are my titles, my roles, but my name is. My name is Clarence Thompson. You say, well, why does that make a difference? Here's what Hastings Encyclopedia of Religion, Volume 2, page 337 said in the teaching of Acts 238. Here's what it says, and I quote, Name was an ancient synonym for person." Payment was always made in the name of some person referring to ownership. Therefore, one being baptized in Jesus' name became his personal property. That is why Scripture says, You are Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, I'm a believer now. Yeah, you know what? And when I got baptized in that name of Jesus, I became Buddy Jesus Thompson. Amen. I took on the name of Jesus in my life. And if name is a synonym for person, who represents the person of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit better than Jesus? Amen. Amen. Don't forget what Jesus said in the verse before Matthew 28, 19. You ready? Verse 18. Nobody ever quotes this one. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then he followed that up by saying, Go and baptize in the name of the Father, Son. Right before he said, Go baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He said, All authority has been given to me. His name is the highest name. Philippians 2, 9 and 11, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, come on somebody, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And if you believe that, why don't you give him a praise right now in this house. Come on, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And hear me, every knee shall bow, and every tongue will confess. You might say, "Well, I'm not going to bow in the name of Jesus. Yes, you will, and if you don't do it in this life, you're going to do it on the other side. Yeah. Every knee shall bow. Amen. Listen to what Philip once asked Jesus. I'm talking about the power of the name. John 14:8 through9. Philip said, "Lord, Show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Now notice, Philip's like, man, I don't don't get this whole deal. Father, you said, and you read the Gospels. Jesus said, man, I have come in the name of my Father. The Father's come in my name. That's John 14, John 15. And Philip goes, man, Lord, will you just show us the Father? Because we're just a little confused. That will be enough for us. Look what Jesus answered in verse 9. Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time. Here, and don't miss this. Jesus said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Hallelujah. Jesus said, it's me, Philip. The Father is in me. Second Corinthians 5:19. Look what it says. God was in Christ. Hallelujah making peace between the world and himself. Notice, this is Jesus' role as a mediator between God and man. God was in Christ, making peace between us and him in Christ. God did not hold the world guilty of its sins. That's why he went to the cross. That was the purpose of Calvary, amen. It was in Christ. And because of Christ, we are no longer held guilty of our sins. And He gave us this message of peace. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We baptize in the name of Jesus because not only is Jesus the Son of God, but the Bible tells us that He is God robed in the flesh. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah said about Jesus before Jesus even came to the earth. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born... To us, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. And look at this. Look at these titles, Amen. He will be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, Amen, Amen. Now, do you remember my analogy? Be about my titles: Father, Son, Husband, Here. These aren't Jesus. These aren't the names, but these are the titles. He will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This isn't in my notes, but read Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. It said that he came, and his name was going to be Emmanuel, which meant God with us. Jesus came as God with us. The Bible says all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Christ. Colossians 2, verse 9 and 10. Here it is. For in Christ. Everybody say in Christ. I love this verse. All the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. There it is. What more (laughs) could you need? Amen. In Christ, all the fullness of deity was living in a body. And in verse 10, because of that, in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He, Christ, is the head over every power and authority. No wonder every baptism in the Bible was done in the name of Jesus. I want the praise team and musicians to come. We're going to get ready here. Let me just show you some examples real quick from the Bible. on the day of Pentecost, Acts, chapter two and verse 38. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you. There it is, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. How did the Samaritans do it? In Jesus' name. Acts chapter 8, verse 15 and 16. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. What had happened, though? They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus how did it happen with Cornelius and his household Acts chapter 10 and verse 48 so he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ he ordered man doesn't that sound a little aggressive yeah doesn't that sound a little forceful yes and can I just be honest with you if I had the power within me to order you to do it I would Not because I want to, but because the Bible says Peter ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. The disciples of John, Acts chapter 19. I won't read the whole story to you, but Paul came upon this group of guys that had been baptized by John. They were disciples of John. And John, Paul asked him, he said, he said, how are you guys baptized? They said, baptism of repentance. And then he started talking to them about Jesus. He said, if you guys ever received the Holy Spirit since you believe, this is Acts 19. They said, man, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. So after talking to them about it, look what their response was in Acts 19 and 5. As soon as they heard this, They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, guys, they had already been baptized. (laughs) But after Paul told them about Jesus, to a greater revelation, they said, We're going to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Even the Apostle Paul himself, Acts 22 16, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. Why don't you stand with me all over this house? In case you're wondering what's happening right now, you see all these students? They're going to the room to my left and your right. All of these students are getting ready to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Amen. But can I just make an altar call to everybody in this room? Put Acts 22.16 back up for me. Here's my pitch, and it comes right out of the Bible. Are you ready? What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. Now, I just want you to know, we are opening up this altar, and we're opening up this room to anybody here that would like to be baptized. Matter of fact, if your kids are getting baptized and you haven't been baptized, man, what a beautiful day to be baptized together with your family. Amen? What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away. We have baptism robes. If you prefer a robe, we have shorts and T-shirts that you can keep. Hear me. You can walk out of here today not just a believer but a baptized believer. Can the church say amen? As a matter of fact, Wednesday night, three students got baptized right here in this water. After youth on Wednesday night. I think we ought to give God a praise. Everybody talking about how bad the teenagers are. I'm going to tell you what. I see a great hope for our world. We got students that love Jesus. Amen. After our nine o'clock service, two adults got baptized this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we're getting ready to baptize some more folks today. Jesus said, John 8, 31, to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my words, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Paul asked an important question in 1 Corinthians 1, 13. He said, Has Christ been divided into factions? And let me tell you what was happening. The believers were starting to kind of pit into camps, kind of like the way denominations do now. And they were starting to get, well, you know, man, I want Jamie to baptize me. I want want Joel to baptize me. I want Jackie to baptize me. I want Michael to baptize me. It was becoming a problem. Everybody's like, well, I'm in Lisa's camp or I'm in Donovan's camp. And look what Paul said. I want you to see this. He said, has Christ been divided into factions? Now, don't miss this. There's a heavy implication here. Was I, Paul, crucified for you? He said, why do you want to be baptized? Why are you worried about Donovan's name or Lisa's name or Michael's name or Jamie's name or Joel's name? Paul said, was I the one that was crucified for you? And then check it out. Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? (laughs) Of course not. Paul said, you're not going to get baptized in the name of Paul or Lisa or Buddy or Michael. You're going to get baptized in the name of the one that was crucified for you. The name of Jesus. And that's why we identify with him by being baptized in his name. I've already read the verse but one last time, Acts 22:16. Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized, washing away your sins calling on the name of the Lord. Now, here, we're going we're gonna to start our altar call, and then I'm going to go in the back, and we're going to all get to enjoy baptizing. Here's what I'd like to ask you to do. Some of you, maybe you need prayer. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you just need a touch of God on your life. I want you to come. But let me tell you what else I want you to do. I want us to pack this altar for these students that are getting ready to be baptized. Come on. I want us to pack this altar because let me tell you something. These kids are making a decision to say, I'm going to be different than the rest of the world. Amen? I'm going to be different than other people. Amen? Now, the praise team is going to lead us. Lisa's going to come over here to the pulpit, and she's going to lead us in worship, and we're going to get ready to celebrate. But parents, it's not too late. You can be baptized with us in Jesus' name. Amen.